A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are so very excited to welcome back a phenomenal guest. You guys ask about her all of the time. We love her. You, of course, know her. It's Annabelle Gatt. Yay! Thank you for having me. And I love all of you. I'm so happy to be here. 2021, baby. Yes. Let's go. Can you believe it's been 300 years since we've last seen you? (laughs) I know. When was that? I don't know. I think it was two years ago. That's what I think of you. It it feels like it was much longer because, you know. I know. It feels like forever. If I'm basing time off of your hair length, I'm just like, okay, it has been like 900. Your hair is. Volume, voluminous. I'm like, thank yeah, you, thank gorgeous. you, Rapunzel. I'm just yes. like, I know this is an audio medium, but I'm, we're just dealing with Rapunzel just level trust hair us. right here. Just trust us. Just trust, trust us. Annabelle's hair looks absolutely magical and fairy tale esque. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
Thank Annabelle, you. What have How you been, are you? What have you been up to? Fill us in. You have a lot of shit that's just popped off recently. Yes. So I published a book on compatibility called The Astrology of Love and Sex. And I am about to publish another book next year on the moon, which I'm so excited about. And I also have a new Patreon, which I'm really enjoying doing. Um, It's basically just where my podcast lives is on that Patreon. So I'm loving Patreon. And what else do I have going on right now? I'm teaching classes. I have a beginner's astrology class, which is starting in April that I'm super excited about. And yeah, lockdown has obviously been really hard and this has been such a difficult year and, you know, every, the pandemic is very scary, but, um, really lucky to have amazing people around me and so many amazing people to collaborate with and work with. So, um, I just, you know, feel, feel super grateful and I'm so excited for my moon book to come out next year. And I'm so excited to talk to you about compatibility today because compatibility is one of my favorite topics in astrology and is really why I got into astrology in the first place was well not not in the first place I got into (laughs) astrology because I'm an Aries and I was just really you know I had to know what being an Aries meant for me Mm -hmm. but then you know eventually the the next the next place you get to is like well what about my crush right yep yes that's I was talking to someone recently who said like Lisa is also holding up Annabelle's book right now so we're like (laughs) I don't know know if I won't won't (laughs) will not hold it what am i talking about am i talking <laughs> somebody help me Dude, we're, we're on the we're on the eve of mercury stationing retrograde and it shows um <laughs> <laughs> no i i was talking to someone and they were like well you know uh i i'm kind of into astrology but i really only read mine and then like someone else's horoscope if it's like someone I have a crush on. And I was like, that's exactly how you use astrology. Um, like, I was like, yeah, I welcome know. to the gateway. Like that is yeah. just like, oh, me and then who I want to bone. And then that absolutely. Will, then we'll, and, and then the rest yes. of the world. But also <laughs> yeah. what else isn't like, to me, I'm like, I don't even think that's astrology p- specific. What else isn't like that? Where it's like, I like the movies that I like. And then like the movies of like someone that I'm trying to fuck or someone who I have <laughs> fucked who recommended me these, all of these things are like, we do everything based on either ourselves or, or someone we have a crush on or love in some capacity. So I don't think it's that uh, like, it's really, know, people, it's relatable. People seem, yeah, people, people feel, I feel like they feel ashamed of it, but I'm like, nah, that's how we, mm. that's, that's no, how we decide totally to do normal. anything. Yeah. 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 For interests, for sure. Yes. Not, not careers and not, um, of like course. other things, just make no, sure don't. you don't change jobs for that guy or, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's interesting because I, I think there has been, and this is, like the flow of like astrology trends, right? Because I think there was this big push of like, figure out yourself and then this and people will work for you. But also like, I think like synastry charts and like midpoints and like all these things that like now people are like, I don't know, compatibility is like part of this shit. And that's like what we're all interested in to some degree. So I think, I don't know, I can see like, I've had that dance too, where it's like, I'm going to play it cool on the compatibility and overchecking things. But then also there's so much good info to learn of how you work with not just like lover people, but like business people and work partners, which we did have some questions from our listeners that were about platonic relationships as well. Cause I think there's going to be, it's all going to like play into each other. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing when you say compatibility, I think it like, obviously there are people that you are more compatible with and people you are less compatible with just 
on its on its own but i think sometimes there's a conflation of the, oh i can only work with people that i'm compatible with and it's like no you have a you have a compatibility with everybody even the people that yes. you don't get along with you can still look at you could still have a chart for that and find information and think about the ways that you don't get along and still you because of course we can't get along with everybody we don't only get to interact with people that we're compatible with and if there are things i think you know the kind of um the hesitation for people to say you know oh focus on sun sign compatibility or whatever is like because there are so many things to take into consideration. But I think as long as, you know, when we're, when you're thinking about it, it's like, oh, compatibility is so much richer than that. There's so much available to us to discuss. And it's so important because you, you do want to know how you are, you know yourself, but then you're still living in the world and you're always going to have to interact with people. So you should be interested in how you, how you get along with everybody. Absolutely. You know, I will say if you never feel like looking at anyone else's chart, you can still learn a lot about relationships only by looking at yours. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I'm looking at, you know, my chart or someone else's chart who is asking or thinking about their crush, I might not even look or even consider compatibility because so much of what's going on in our relationships can be just, first of all, projections of what we're thinking and what our experiences have been in the past. But the other thing is that everything that happens in our life, theoretically, it's in our birth chart. Everyone right. you meet is in your birth chart. So just from, from the get-go, you for when it comes to compatibility or just thinking about like love and astrology, you don't even need to know what your crush's birth time is because you can simply look at your chart. And even I if you don't know what your birth time okay, is. Okay, I think yeah. we just yeah. had a collective jaw drop right now of like, <laughs> no, wait, what? <laughs> I don't well, have to go calling, yeah. I don't have to text my ex's mom on Facebook Messenger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all already in your birth chart. And, um, and then if you do have the extra layer of the other person's birth information, you can get a lot of really interesting information out of it, that. But the thing is, when it comes down to it, is compatibility really has nothing to do with astrology. It has to do with communication skills, maturity level, and like whether or not you're into the person, which yeah. is not always something you can necessarily see in a chart because we're going to have lots of different kinds of relationships with people. And you might, you know, in your class growing up, you might have had, you know, two people in the class born on the same exact day and one was your crush and the other was your enemy. So it's like, you know, it's, it has, there's so much more going on just than astrology. Um, I think I forgot what my point is here. <laughs> no, I think yeah, that's all really good. Quick, oh, yeah. I, yeah no. but, I have a quick thing I want to ask just as a kind of like gun to head moment. If you can, you can only pick three things of the natal chart to look at. Ooh. And, and I say just your, like just one side. I don't, I like looking at only you can only control your own half of the relationship yeah. anyway. So for me, mm -hmm. I like looking at just one person's natal chart. If Especially, I mean, if there's one person that you're reading, if you're reading a couple together, of course, maybe you would look at both. Um, mm -hmm. Gun to your head, you can only pick three. It, it can be aspect, planet, house, whatever, but you can only pick three things out of the natal chart to look Ooh. at for relationships. What do you look at first? Or what, do you look, what are the three? When I'm only looking at one person's chart? One person's yeah. chart and three okay. things. 
So I'm going to, this might be kind of cheating because it's maybe technically two things, but I'm going to pretend it's one. The, uh, <laughs> the first and seventh has access. I'm going to, I'm going to count that one. one. That's one. one. That's one. That's one. We're calling it's it. One. It's one. Yeah, it's, it's one. <laughs> one line. Yeah. One access. It's one line. Yeah, it's one access. Come on. So the ascendant is you and how you present yourself in relationships and the ruling and the planet that rules your ascendant, it's your chart ruler. It's one of the most important planets in your chart. Now, the descendant ruler symbolizes the people that you're in partnership with. So first of all, you want to see what is going on with your ascendant ruler and your descendant ruler in general to just take a look at what relationships even mean for you, whether or not those planets are an aspect, what signs they're in, what house they're located in. You're going to learn so much about who you are and the kind of people you partner with just by looking at that. I mean, you can spend a whole hour just talking mm -hmm. to someone about those planets and talking about what's going on with the ascendant and the descendant. So that is definitely the first place I'm starting. Now the next place is going to be the fifth house because the seventh house is the house of relationships, but the fifth house is dating, creativity, having fun. It's who you want to party with pleasure, like making love. Like it's like the house of joy and it's the good you know, stuff. It's all that it's good, all the good stuff. stuff. It's yeah, fun. So it's literally I, fun. Like, yes. <laughs> like we're so having fun see, here. I want to see what planet rules that house. People always ask, like, oh, what if I don't have planets in the house? It doesn't matter. Planets in the house is interesting. It doesn't matter if there aren't any planets in the house. What you care about is the house ruler. And you figure that out by looking at the sign that is on the cusp of the house. So whatever sign is on the cusp of your fifth house, that's sign and the planet that rules that sign and everything that planet is doing both natally, but also by progression and what's happening with the transits is going to paint such a huge picture for what you're looking for to have fun. Mm -hmm. So the seventh house is like, how am I going to commit to someone? What does that look like? But the fifth house is what's going on in the bedroom. How do we enjoy each other? How do we laugh? Like what, what is our shared sense of humor? What is the pleasure? So that's one and two is the, is the, is the ascendant, descendant axis. And then the fifth house. And then definitely I care about the moon. We don't really okay. think of the moon as being the super romantic sign, but if we're talking about, you know, even if it's just a one night stand, you want to feel comfortable with that one night stand. You want to feel safe. You don't want to feel on edge or, you know, creeped out or uncomfortable or you want to, the moon, the moon is, you know what I mean? You want that's to usually not like, how a one night stand is going to go, right? Like it's know, usually not like, oh, I hate that person. Well, actually I take this back as an Aries moon. Um, I'm just going to be like, I hate that person. Um, I will well, here's them. the thing. You, let's say you're at a bar <laughs> and you know, it's, yeah, you know, and you're like vibing with someone, but then you leave and they like say or do something that makes you feel off. That's yeah. your moon kind of stepping in saying like, yep. ooh, that's that tingly feeling of like, mm -hmm. you know, do I, I really want to listen to this person talk about movies for another hour? No. So, I think that <laughs> someone could offend my sun or my Mercury and my Venus, but if they, if they poke at that moon, it's over. Yes. For yeah, me. Exactly. But I'm also, I'm also Cancer moon though, so that also might be just like natural crab energy but <laughs> that's yeah I think that's a really interesting thing in terms of like yeah obviously um you know what you're I'm thinking of like the moon and consent too of like those kinds of totally. things of like um just like not not necessarily like saying these are the things that might make you uncomfortable but also if people are looking at the moon and saying you know because there is so much 
there is so much that we kind of intellectualize or tell ourselves that we should be comfortable that we're not comfortable with. Yes. And if we are aware of what our triggers might be in that going into things where it's like, oh, if I'm feeling uncomfortable in this way, that's, that's probably a boundary I should follow, even if I don't have evidence or like even if all of these other things are going well if they're making me feel uncomfortable or unsafe in this one it's probably not a good one to go down not exactly and the moon is so important especially for that and also because the flip side is that if we meet people who really for our our moon feels super comfortable with those are people we feel super at home with and whether it's a Mm -hmm. one night stand or someone you're going to live with for the rest of your life that's someone who you just you feel safe you feel good you feel held Mm-hmm. Well, so, that's in the reverse yeah. way, not in a less, in a less like, uh, consenty way, but also in a way where if you are maybe looking at someone who on paper makes, makes sense or whatever, but they're not hitting that moon thing or the opposite. If you're like, oh, this person's totally not my type, but I feel really at home yes. or I feel really, I'm feeling comfortable in a way that I don't normal. Now, now maybe I will explore this with that person because of these other things, because that's an interesting kind of facet or like thinking about those people too that you like are too comfortable with (laughs) do you know what I mean where it's like if you're trying to pursue some sort of romantic thing but you're like too it it doesn't have that like balance of like uh if if things are are to feel too safe almost well now this is making me think is and I'm sorry I'm go go on Annabelle I'll come back I have a Venus I have a Venus point to make that I just want to run by you gal so I'm I'm glad that you have a Venus point to make because I'm going to share an experimental idea with you all (laughs) yes I'm not exactly sold on and I'm not saying that this is true or that I believe this or this is definitely it but just something that I'm kind of coming to think about just we just need to think about just yeah think about okay we can a pro- discuss it now we love prompts over here yeah, yeah. We, we so love the moon is the moon is what makes you feel safe cozy comfortable and the sun and the reason why i think sun sign compatibility is important is because the sun is the ego and we really do date from our ego a lot of course you know? so yes. ego has a major role to play in relationships so when people say oh sun sign compatibility it doesn't matter it's like sure of course you want to look at the whole chart but a lot of times when you hardly know someone, that is where you're coming from is this ego on ego kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when people ask me like, oh, what should I be looking at with like Mars and Venus? Like people are always thinking of Mars and Venus as these like super sexy relational planets, which it's true that it's true that they are. But to me, Venus and Mars have a lot more to do with the negotiation aspect of relating than it is about what do I, what do I crave? And like, what do I need to feel fulfilled? Like, right. The sun, our sun sign is not just our personality, but it's also what our destiny is in our life to Mm -hmm. a certain extent. So for example, if you're an Aries, you know, you might, uh, you know, part of your destiny is to become independent and courageous and to be brave. It doesn't necessarily mean you're born with those aspects. You know, Libras often are like, I'm a Libra. Why, why aren't I in a relationship yet? It's like, because that's your destiny. It's your goal to learn about relating. Mm-hmm. So, and they and probably the already again, are, but they just don't know it. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, then, and then the moon is again, everything that we've just been talking about with like safety and comfort, but Venus and Mars has a lot more to do with like how we negotiate and not necessarily what we're looking for all the time, which will be different if Mars or Venus is one of those planets that is ruling either the ascendant, descendant, or the fifth house cusp. 
So I'm not saying this is across the board, and I'm not saying that those planets are not super important for relationships, but I am saying that if you're, I am saying that at this point in my practice, I'm really not that excited about Mars and Venus when it comes to figuring out compatibility because I, it just, it never seems to come up as much as the other stuff does. Okay. Okay. You hit truly the point that I was going to ask y'all and run this by, because as you were talking about the moon and like uh, cravings, right? Like the moon is just, I like it. And I don't know why, but I do because it's my moon and I'm feeling it. It's the vibe we're connecting. I can't explain why, but Venus, it feels like Venus knows what it wants. And I say that in air quotes, Venus has these values, right? Like the very like drink, like that's a classic word to apply to Venus. And like my Taurus Venus wants certain things, but my Aries moon is going to act on very different things. And I think that Venus makes sense of that checklist of a relationship, but it has to be in conversation, obviously in conversation with all these things with them. Yeah. That moon is going to be that innate feeling that you can't replicate in relationships that are good on paper, but aren't good in straight up compatibility. Absolutely. Like, you know, someone might check your Venus checklist, but if the moon feels weird, it's, I don't think it's going to work. I also kind of have been, um, just like in my own time trying to map my, like my, my lived world and my lived experience with like what planetary cycles and how those things match up. And I think that lunar cycles obviously happen very quickly. Like there, it's the fastest moving stuff. The, you know, Mercury, obviously everyone hopefully knows the order of the planets from third grade or whatever. But like, I think with those relational planets, it really is that kind of building stuff where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, your emotions can change really quickly and, or what, what you need in a moment can change really quickly if you get bad news or if, you know, having someone that can be there for all of those things, Mm -hmm. then you can build on, you know, how we communicate and Mercury stuff, which again, it's, it's quicker. It's not, you know, Saturn cycle, but that once we have that Mercury stuff, we can also build to Mars. So I do think that with, in looking at relationships, and I think the same thing could be said for jobs and anything else where it's like, if those moon needs are met, we can move to Mercury and, and, and kind of mapping those things in our relationships. I don't know if it's uh, like anything that's groundbreaking or anything, but it, it, it might <laughs> no, be that, helpful. I think that makes sense. And I think that going by those like cycle lengths, you really kind of don't get into your Venus with someone until you have spent some extended time together and you kind of come into a, a, a question of, I think like we think our values are really clear, but then you don't know until you kind of are at a cross, like a, a crossroads where something happens and you're like, oh, that's not my Or what values value. can change you know what I mean? to yeah. adapt with like, someone oh, actually, that's not important to me at all, but it's only through that kind of like trial and error sort of thing. So I do, I agree that it's not, you can't maybe say it as like an across the board statement, but I I do think it's not as helpful or it's like not immediately useful. Yeah, totally. Okay, this is a question from a signer. Same Mars, speaking of just, I'm in, I broke down some questions by aspect planets, asteroids, fun, fun little side tangent, and then just some platonic things, but I'll throw some ones in if they apply to the conversation. Question being, same Mars sign, hot or difficult? 
<laughs> it depends, uh, which is such an annoying answer to give. I hate. I mean, it, but, sure it but that's the astrology. Both. That's, that's astrology yeah. in a nutshell. Both, both, both. I both. know it's both. Um, it can be really great to have someone who you align with in terms of how you tackle things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool. Um, I would say that uh, you know this is like. I've never said this before out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud right now, yeah. which is that I don't, I don't care. I'm looking <laughs> at a chart and I see that. That's just not going to be the first thing where I'm like, oh my God, we have the same Mars. Right. I need to investigate this. Like, I'm like, I don't care. It's Do not have- the needle. It's not They go to the one. gym together. I'm telling yeah, you. you know, it's, they go it's to the like, gym together. Why, why would I care? Would I care because they both um, have Mars in Aquarius and Saturn's at right on top of their Aquarius, uh, right on top of their Mars and Aquarius right now, then I would care. Then it has a meaning to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I can really be like, wow, both of these people have, the, have this drive towards something, but Saturn's on top of Mars right now. So there's this new cycle starting uh, where they are really, um, you know, they are adding extra weight at their, when they go to the, the gym, gym and they're doing lifts, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot, there's a lot more pressure being applied. Then I care. But if it's just like, like a lot of times with these, like, what about Mars? What about Venus? It's like, yeah, the two of you have the same way that you are going to go about tackling things and whether or not this is going to work for you in your relationship. I have no idea because I don't know if the two of you are really into kink and if there's going to be some kind of maybe domination dynamic that's going to come up. Maybe you're not at all. Maybe that doesn't matter. I don't know if the two of you are business people and if something about Mars is really going to come up. Maybe, I don't know. So it's, it's sort of like, it depends. It depends because of what's going on in the chart. It depends because of what's going on in your life. When it comes to conjunctions, what it, what it's talking about is there's this alignment around how the two of you see things, but that alignment doesn't mean it's going to be easy or that it's going to be hard or that it's going to be bad or it's going to be good. We don't know. Or that that's healthy sometimes too, when you both see things too similarly sometimes and you're both like those like uh, I'm just thinking of like how many like disgusting relationships where I've been on the train with like my fellow like drunky boyfriend be like, we both agree on this. And it's like, maybe some one of us needed force, like di- a different perspective on this. So I, well, well I guess that's yeah. going to be the thing. It's going to depend for everyone's chart. Right. But it's not, it's this. not a big deal. It sounds like. It, it can be a big deal depending on what's going on in the chart. We have to remember that Mars is this argumentative sign that wants to separate things. Mars is a planet of, of knives, scissors, swords. It wants to divide. Snip, snip. Versus Venus, which wants to bring things together. So if you have the same Mars sign as someone, then the way that you cut things up is going to be the same, which Ooh. could be really great or it might not be great. We don't know because we don't know the context. Damn, yeah. I'm thinking about how cells divide right now. And I'm yeah. pretty sure that <laughs> if we could cut to like a, some kind of embryo sex video, mm-hmm. I feel like that really tracks of mars i do have yeah. um aquarius mars in the 10th house by the way so thanks for the yeah. mini reading yeah. <laughs> um well here's a here maybe this can be rapid fire opposing venus of two people so this, was a, follow, this was a follow-up question <laughs> okay so when we think about a conjunction there's a union of energy and when there's an opposition there is there's a division of energy and uh, so when we have two planets in opposition, there can either be a confrontation or a compromise. So if you have opposing Venuses, we might say that you have very different values or that, uh, that the amount of worth that you put into things is going to be 
very different. Um, your, your ideas of beauty, really what's important to you is going to be very different. The way that you seek harmony is going to be very different. But through your relationship, there might be this amazing compromise that takes place where you learn a lot about other things that can, that can bring you pleasure and make you feel happy because mm. you kind of get this like, you know, uh, ability to walk in someone else's shoes and figure out how comfortable they are, you know, like you get to see things that maybe you would, you would never see before. So the thing is that with Mars, because Mars wants to cut things up, I'm a little more wary about the opposition. But Venus wants things to come together. So the opposition is, is really one where it's reaching out and saying like, hey, can we compromise it? There, there wants to be this diplomacy. And you will see in people who have, you know, Venus oppositions who aren't getting along, there might be a lot of envy or there might be a lot of like, why don't you like me? I want you to like me, you know, mm -hmm. like that sort of thing. There's this want, there's this, there's this union that wants to take place. Ooh. but it's being separated for some reason. And this can create a huge amount of chemistry or, you know, uh, or the two of you just aren't interested in the same thing. So it goes back to this, to what I said about Mars, which is like, it's not that I don't care, but it's like, why do I care? Do I care because again, that there's some other aspect that's going on that I really care about what's going on with the other planets, what houses is this activating? Um, I'm going to want to know those things because it's not going to be our make or break for me. I'm not going to look at a chart and be like, oh my goodness, there's a Mars conjunction. These two are soulmates. I'm never going to look at a chart and be like, oh, there's a Mars opposition. These two can't ever work. Like it's, I will never, no astrologer I think would do that and be like, well, throw, throw, throw this couple in the trash. Like that's just right. not how it works. <laughs> so guys, as you heard, Venus and Mars are canceled. They're not applicable <laughs> to any of this stuff. Um, they're gone. No, they're, they're totally applicable. They, applicable just kidding. They, yes, they, kidding. Add, they add flavor, and it's just going to be so case by case that I don't want anyone to do a blanket meaning on any of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, you're, if you're blanket meaning – in 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 Henerale, in astrology you're gonna have like a really tough time like you're just gonna yeah, feel you doomed you're gonna feel doomed a lot and yeah like from and for me I've only dated people according to like teen horoscopes that I was not compatible with because I as a Taurus always fucking date my modality babies my Scorpios my Aquarians my Leos nonstop squares in opposition yeah, all day long Sorry. That's the and, other thing about compatibility is we call these things like, oh, they're hard aspects, so it's bad, and it's like incompatible, but that's not true at all. It's those aspects are, are the ties that bind. It's like those are the things. That, that is chemistry. That is what magnetizes people to each other. Mm -hmm. So the, that's the other thing. There isn't really a such thing as bad compatibility because – it's it just doesn't it just it's not real right so mm -hmm. one thing that I was really set on with my book is I was like if I you know if I'm going to write a compatibility book there's not going to be some star rating system that shows like oh this one's a five star or, oh no this one's mm. a two star like it's just it's impossible you can't do that and you know we might think that just because there's a, a hard aspect between planets it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be attraction if anything it's like there's going to be even more attraction probably because there's a spark chemistry also like you know there are some people that really like to be challenged in relationships and some people that really don't and like so mm -hmm. you know if you have those squares and stuff like some that can feed certain kinds of people where they're like oh this person like makes me see from this perspective some people just want to be reinforced their own and mm -hmm. that's okay too you know well if you think of most love stories or if you think of like nearly any movie about someone having a crush on someone it's 
don't we think that those like rom-coms where the people like instantly kind of fall in love are like really cheesy and like aren't real it's like it's when we think about movies that we love about love there is this tension where like you know uh the one person didn't know if the other person was interested or like they lived far away or you know they bickered a lot or they were like so hard to reach like those are the squares like you know like that when you have a crush on someone and you can only see them once a week, you know, like you are so much, it, it just whips up all this like frenzy. Like, Oh, when do I get to see them again? Like it creates this chemistry space creates a huge amount of chemistry. So when we have a little bit of difficulties to overcome, think of Romeo and Juliet. They had two families that, you know, hated each other. They had to overcome that. It added to like the magic and the mystery of the relationship. Um, I was just thinking of like 10 things so, I hate about you of like, um, what's her face? Save the last dance. Help Julia, Stiles. Julia Stiles, yeah. you know, obviously it's, there's like money and bets and things involved. And, but like that, that like, like come hither, no go away. Like I, you can't break my icy heart. Like that shit's hot. But when it's like, yeah, if it's just going in and everything's easy, cheesy Hallmark movie, what's, I mean, that's not very, hard. well, some, but I mean, some well, it's not like, some, some people, people love like, oh my god, movies. yeah. yeah. But for some people, that's horny. Yes. Yeah, everyone's okay, horny well, is going different. That's what I'm saying. Like, here's the thing, though. Those feel like they're total fantasy. It doesn't really. It just feels like, oh, that's so nice. They were just able to meet and fall in love, and everything was okay. Like, that's so great. Like, that. I'm not saying that we sh- that people don't like those kinds of things. We totally do, but they almost feel like they're made up. They are. Right. They are. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's not real because the thing is, for most of us, we have what happens? We have a huge crush on someone, and for many people, the first phase is, oh my God, I hope they never find out how I feel because I have such a big crush on them. Or we meet, you know, at like a bar or a party, and there's a little bit of like, are we going to catch each other's eye? Like, there's this, like, you know. Ooh, I miss flirting. That was just, yeah, like, uh. what flirting is like a lot of like, okay, I'll do this, and then you do this. And this is this weird little sideways crab dance of, like, figuring it out. It's not like, oh, hey, uh, you're my soulmate. That's that. Like, we'd be so creeped out <laughs> if someone did that. Like, that's not – that's that's just, like, in a, in a dream world, something like that would happen. In real life, there's all of these negotiations that take place. So, again, going back to uh, Mercury, the planet of communication, not just being about negotiations, but Mars and Venus also being about negotiating the relationship. I'm looking at those – planets as, as like how the flirtation happens and how we mm. get over the hump of oh I have such a big crush on them how do I tell them w- without risking rejection right like that's where the Mars and Venus piece really comes in Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay I, I think you're right cancers are a really good flirt <laughs> trying to think and, of them but the, yeah the sideways dance you know and also know if yeah if someone walking up to a bar at you, a bar at you and say they're your soulmate, if that did turn you on, please DM us what your chart is because I want to know all <laughs> the details. I want to know how Pisces you are. But okay, here's well going to like compatibility and maybe this is an obvious question. Do we look to different places? This is a question someone wrote in. Do we look to different places for platonic connection in the chart versus romantic and strong placements for business partnerships? Do we, are we looking at different spots or are these going to hit a lot of the same compatibility arenas? So the first and seventh house are still going to be extremely important. But if we're looking at business, um, we're looking at the 10th and we're also looking at the 11th, which also includes any kind of friendship. 
The third house, to a certain extent, um, could come into play because that might have to do with like your local neighborhood and the people that you like see in your cafe, which no one's doing right now because of COVID. But like that can also come into play. It's also like your siblings and like your peers to a certain extent. But for the most part, we're looking at the 11th house, which is not just good for looking at friendships, but also looking at, you know, your colleagues at work and the, and the uh, mm. you know, the, the 11th house is the second house, the 10th, so it's payoffs from work and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're still yeah. in third house, though. The build, Your building, your mail area, you still might be deep in some people. Can't yeah, know, exactly. Right? Yeah, we're still yeah. seeing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Uh, I know. Okay, not to bring it there. Sorry. No, no, no. It's I mean, right. we're. I mean, but also when you said, you know, we're not going to cafes. I'm like, oh, some of these. Some of these well, people. Are. I was gonna say. Well, we are still locked down, so obviously people are still going to cafes. Uh, <laughs> some, people, some people. Some people are. Tonight, some people right? are super spreading. Yeah, um, open. Okay. Yes. Here's a question. Lesser known aspects in synastry, like maybe some secret. Like, is there a like a a low key one that maybe it's not the one you first go to, but like a like oh, and I do notice this little motherfucker, she's cute. <laughs> Everyone asked really good questions, by the way. Like, I, like everything that was sent in, because I did, I was a big old bitch and said, "Do not, we're not reading your chart." make it as broad as you can xoxo yeah. your what's your sign aunties but we got a lot of good cues in well i can't say that i have some secret aspect where it's like ooh, that one is like the nice little that's the little gold nugget that i'm looking right. for where that's yeah so I, I i can't really say that because it brings me back to that point of even a square i love a square that might be one of the harder aspects, but like I love a square and we're talking about compatibility because all I see when I look at that is sexual chemistry, Ooh. you know? So it's, it's not like there are some aspects that are, uh, you know, but the trines can be amazing sexual chemistry too. Trines can be that really that, that when I think of trines, I'm really thinking of like connection to spirit and like the amazing place that we can go to when we're deep in prayer or meditation. So when you share that with someone, that is also really deep. But it's not like with the minor aspects or something like that, that like each, each one is going to be able to like lend something important to what is going on between two people. Because you have to remember that what aspects are is first, two planets come together and that's a conjunction. Mm-hmm. And everything that happens after conjunction is the planets separating from each other. And reaching out to each other and being like, oh, we were once together, but now we are apart. And this is the phase of apartness that we are in. Mm-hmm. When we get to the opposition, it's, it's like this, it's the total separation. And then it returns. So all of the aspects has to do with like where the planets are at with, with the union, where they are between mm-hmm. union and separation. So um, I don't know if I have a great answer for that. No, question, that was but- an amazing answer just by the, that, well, that phrasing of the returns especially in compatibility really gave it a beautiful visual picture. Yeah. yeah. I love that too, as the idea of, you know, in, in relationship, you always talk about like bids for attention uh, mm-hmm. or, or bids for connection in some kind of way. And I love that image of thinking of the planets. Uh, this is how one might bid for attention from mm-hmm. the other and how like not only how you will receive it but also to know kind of like what to look for in this way where it's like you know on the playground you know you're told and obviously this is problematic in this one but like oh if a boy's mean to you he likes you which 
is again in the in the long sounds like an <laughs> opposition to me but that's but that's what i mean where i'm like not yeah. not in the problem i don't mean to perpetuate yes. this in the pr- problematic rape culture way but in the way is so much when someone says like love languages interpreting them differently so it's like Absolutely. oh someone if you know a trine is maybe a, like the square is someone mean to you or an opposition someone mean to you a trine is i did i did an act of service for you but also in the same way that that can go unnoticed if you aren't aware that this is the interaction like yeah. if you aren't knowing that we have a trine thing so this is going to go pretty seamless you're not going to i'm going to have to say hey i'm doing this thing because i love you like just keeping all of those things in mind i love that imagery Absolutely. Think, um, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that the, the, I, the way to really find those aspects for you in your life is to like find the relationship first. Yes. Find the happiness there <laughs> good, first. Good, good advice. And then see what part of that of you it feels like, you know, like I know with my partner mm-hmm. that I look at our charts and I, you know, I'm always fiddling with things or whatever, but, um, yeah, like I, sometimes I'll see somebody and be like, I really identify with like, that's how we are together, how we communicate, or I really see that in him. And then, then you, I can say, oh, I love this thing about that person or whatever. That's, a, yeah. that's interesting to even think of like for doing that with like th- strong suits with friendships or people you just know, if you do happen to have access to their chart and just like start to notice those patterns and or even and just yourself right like you you go back to the self like chart. what part what part of my chart feels like it's really at work when i'm with so and so yeah okay absolutely asteroid um, question juno we know her do we love her i know she gets wrapped up with marriage do we think about juno does juno play a part in any of I mean, the guy, I feel like asteroids are typically like a lot of bonus content for folks, right? But does Juno, yeah. what, what do we think about Juno? I very rarely work with Juno or really look at it unless uh, someone requests it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't really think about it too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, it's the marriage asteroid to a certain extent. People also talk about it sometimes with envy or with jealousy. Uh, I, I personally don't work with it, so I don't know if I have great advice for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I love asteroids. It's one of those things where it's like, I love it when an astrologer who is an expert in asteroids, like talks about it, but like, I've never, you know what I mean? Like, I I just Mm -hmm. don't. It's It's not going to be the maker. It's not going to be the maker break for like, again, a a compatibility chart. Yeah. And I don't really look at it and think like, oh, this is like, this this is going to be what makes uh, two people, you know. Here's a, here's a follow-up asteroid question. Just because again, we have a lot of questions. Chiron aspects with compatibility. They did write, I can't find much info on this. Was curious if Chiron or anything with like Chiron plays a part in terms of how we might relate to our partner. Obviously, Chiron's a loaded little asteroid. Yes. Uh, love Chiron. Again, I don't really work with the asteroids too much, but what I would recommend is looking into a branch of astrology called Magi Astrology, M-A-G-I. And they have done a lot of research. And if I remember correctly, I think it was even just maybe statistical research on what planets were activated when people fell in love. I Whoa. might be misremembering this, but I believe it was Venus, Neptune, and Chiron. It was definitely Neptune and Chiron, and I think Venus was also in the mix. I might be wrong, so please fact check me. 
fact check check. Me, but but um, you want to see this gives those... us something to search because okay, like, that's, that's yes. interesting. This leads yes. to another question I wanted to ask. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> but I was looking at the chart for Valentine's Day just because, and it <laughs> as looks we do, like, as we do over here, it looks like um, the moon and Chiron may conjunct at some point that day. Obviously, I have a time unknown, so they're close, but I don't know how fast the moon moves, really. Um, also, Mercury and Jupiter. And I kind of was thinking about Valentine's Day, Mercury, Jupiter, as people making these grand explanations, like, you know, on social Digestors. media. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we can't really do anything else, like, as far, I mean, mm. I guess, like, the dining and, you know, the normal Valentine's Day stuff is a little kind of cut back. So I was wondering what you think about that. A, moon conjunct Chiron. and Mercury conjunct Jupiter. So the moon asks us what, what's, what makes us feel safe and comfortable. Um, and Chiron's like, well, this is what needs safety and comfort, (laughs) you know? So Mm -hmm. the two together, I'm really feeling like people are going to be sick and tired of taking baths to soothe themselves during this difficult period or mm -hmm. little gestures of like, you know, here's some chocolate. Chocolate's not going to make things all better right now. We are really going to be expecting the people who love and care about us to really come through with actual um, problem solving things. That is not just, here's a bath bomb, you know, right? (laughs) happy Valentine's Day. Like that's not going to be enough because the level of depth that Chiron brings, Chiron's like, you know, I am... The myth of Chiron is he was, you know, bleeding for eternity and, you know, he was released of his pain and, you know, put into uh, the constellations. And with the moon being there, it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm in this pain. I need real solutions. Mm-hmm, I need yeah. real caretaking, you know, little fluffy, you know, um, you know, a Valentine's Day gift box with the stuffed animal and chocolates is not going to cut it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And my concern with Mercury retrograde con- conjoined Jupiter is tons and tons of big promises, but Ooh. will it really come true? You know, sometimes a big promise can be the band-aid that we need, even if it doesn't work out. It's like, thank you for at least promising me the moon because we landed in the stars and that's good enough. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, um, but uh, there's a lot of other things going on in mid-month that I'm looking forward to. You know, we have Mars and Neptune connecting, which I think is going to be really compassionate. So I think basically this is going to be a big season around um, healing and really saying we need to up the standards around healing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, think yeah. about it. It's going to be, <laughs> I love that idea of like it being grand gestures, but also with moon conjunct Chiron, like that does feel like one where it would be if you aren't getting, if you aren't being supported in some way, it's going to feel even more amplified that these are just empty words, big promises. But also if you are like, uh, like you said, it's also could be the thing that really sets you off, but thinking about other people then also watching all of the social media things of like watching people make these grand declarations, I think also would just be like, dude fuck you got like that kind of thing. Yeah. Because in the in the context it also is like not how dare you because everybody's entitled to, to do whatever you know but it also is like we were talking about this on a previous episode about how 
part of seeing kind of like inauguration displays, any any kind of ostentatious display at this point within the context of what's going on in the world is going to feel even worse to people who are are going without, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's like, hello, what do we do? Like, what about us? <laughs> you know? A Valentine's Day pandemic feels like uh, sad already. Kind of, like, exactly. it feels so le- like unimportant. And I don't, yeah. I, I like Valentine's Day. And I think it's cool that St. Valentine ruled bees and shit. Like, <laughs> like I like all that stuff. But, but it's already such but, a, yeah. like, it already feels like such a cash grab capitalist holiday to then, right. to then have anybody be like, we have to do something on Valentine's Day. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Mm, I love this. Okay. One last rapid fire question. Long-term compatibility, long-term partnership, long-term connection. Someone asked, does Saturn have anything to do with those stabilizing sort of things? If someone's looking for no more like quickie, quickie, quick, is there anything that can maybe give a signal to like a long hauler? Yes and no. Saturn can definitely be the paperweight that keeps the relationship down, (laughs) but it can be the big boulder that keeps you separated. So Mm -hmm. if you first start dating someone, I would not look at Saturn and be like, oh, well, this means that they're going to, you know, put a big fat rock on it. Like, it doesn't mean that. It it could literally just mean an obstacle or or just a, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, A barrier? Yeah, barrier. Exactly. It's this obstacle. It could just be this big, big old block that's going to keep you between what, what it is that you want. So I'm not necessarily looking at that always. Um, if I'm looking at long-term, honestly, it goes back to the moon because if people have a lot, if people have active moon chemistry, that to me shows, shows me that there's going to be a lot of work on how can we be safe and comfortable with each other and have a really kind of like long committed private personal relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. Whether that I, means they're going to move in or whatever. So I'm looking at the moon. Um, I'm definitely looking at the ruler of the seventh house because that's commitments. And um, so that's really what I look at. So definitely Saturn can be, you know, it's the one of the planets of contracts. You want to see what Saturn and Mercury are doing with each other because that really could be about paperwork. But um, Saturn can also be the barrier. I think, too, if you're having a Saturn transit, that could really be a, uh, all about figuring out what stabilizes you in relationships or, you know, depending on what house and, you know, if there are aspects to other planets and stuff. But that it could be like something where you're like, oh, I'm really finding out who I am in relationships or how, how I behave in this regard, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and the free will of it all, folks. Doesn't that always just come back to like, it's like, yeah, you could force anything to work or 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 not work. And also, like, if they don't want to show up and do it, they're not going to show up and do it, too. So there's only so much yeah. that we can – we just have to bring our best little astro selves, see how that vibes. Hopefully the moons are popping. Hopefully the fifth house is feeling pleasure push. And hopefully we don't – we can be ourselves <laughs> and be a partner or multiple partners or whatever, however you relationship, and it feels simpatico. Yeah. I think also it's like it's not about all of these answers have been it's not about a certain combination of of right. aspects or placements it's this is the information of how they work together and we always talk about how you can be compatible with anybody you just have to know what the like 
ingredients are like how these things work together and what adjustments you have to make because of that so i think it's like it's not there isn't one in all of these answers it's always like there isn't one aspect there isn't one placement it's there's not a miracle yeah here's where you are yeah there really isn't and everyone is so different so going back to the magi astrologers and i believe it was venus neptune chiron if you are the kind of person who believes that love is going to save your soul, Ooh. you know, that is totally Venus, Neptune, Chiron. It's like, there's so much pain in the world that I want to either escape from, which is Neptune, or that I want to find redemption, which is Neptune, or I want to connect with spirit, which is Neptune, and I want to feel important. I want to feel valued. That's Venus. So if you're the kind of person who's like, to me, falling in love means soulmate connection, you know, this is my reason for being, this is like the, the solution to my fears of mortality, then uh, yes, for you, Venus, Neptune, Chiron's going to be all about it. But if you're someone who's like, to me, a relationship is really about like building a legacy together. And I want to be with someone who I can like, just like stack, like, you know, piles of money with, then maybe we're <laughs> going to be looking at something that is more, you know, venus mercury saturn or something like that mm -hmm. so um uh it's it's going there there might be for an individual totally some markers for them that is all about falling in love but it's such a self um really have to reflect on yourself and what you're looking for it's maybe different for everybody and if you're an astrologer and you're looking at other people's charts you can't really make that decision for them you have to talk to the person you have to hear what the relationship is like so you don't want to walk in saying oh i you know i'm looking for saturn and that's going to be what tells me what what that things are going to be tied down because we don't know oh i like that idea of like going through like what are keywords that are important to you and and we can value that to like yeah. the planets and things and yeah, because those two things you mentioned, um, I, I can like already see certain friends that I know would answer yes to the Neptune one and yes to the Stack Cash one. All of us probably have multiple sides to ourselves. Like I totally, can see that. Yeah. I can see both of those things in me for sure. And depending on the, the people that we meet, they're going to bring out different sides of us. Well, I, I was think, just going to say, depending so. on who you partner yeah. with, that might be someone that makes you want really activates that part of you that wants yeah. to stack cash versus the part of you that's like oh i'm a princess in a fairy tale and this is yeah this is the most beautiful thing i've ever had i yeah. i think the same thing it, it, there it can't be one thing or one you know because there it, you're not one thing we're not one mm -hmm. we're not, you're not your venus you're not you're all of it mm -hmm. and i think that a really good place to start for all of you who have questions and are interested in this stuff is check out annabelle's book the, the Astrology of Love and Sex, a Modern Compatibility Guide. It has every sign matchup. It has a bunch of really cool information, techniques, sex stuff, just anything you could ask for. Hell yeah. Dude, we're yeah. going to have to do, do compatibility quick fire again because, like, I, this, like, this is. I'm this, ready whenever you are. I this, love yes. you. Yes. <laughs> this also I just, like, made me, like, this was, like, a great, uh, I mean, this is what's fun about conversations of astrology of just, like, I feel like I have a new relationship to the moon today. I feel like I have a new relationship to Venus today because we're all learning and sharing together. Um, always give credit, everybody, to the astrologers that you're learning from. But no, I think that this is like helpful and in, in incompatibility, but so many other facets of life too, that this can apply totally. to because it's not yeah. all in a vacuum. Exactly. Hell yeah. Where can people um, 
follow you on your Patreon. I know, I mean, obviously we'll have links to everything in show notes, but yeah, patreon.com <laughs> slash Annabelle Gat. And then my website is annabellegat.com and there's links to everything there. And send Fantastic. us the information about your book release when it's coming out so we can share yes. it as well. Yes, Yay. that's so exciting. I love a I love a moon book. That's so dope. I'm so excited for that. Thank you. Thank you. So much for There's gonna be compatibility so in that book too. Yeah. Of course. Obviously. I expect nothing Obviously. less. I mean this yeah. moon the moon I was I'm I don't know why I'm I'm shocked, but not shocked the moon was the star of the show in this conversation, but it's a good reminder. It is a good ass reminder of what we are, what we're, what we're vibing and feeling with. We can't ignore that. Yeah. It's, well, the sun and the moon, we, in rising, like the SMR, like it gets, I think we all want to like dig into more, but that shit's important. Can't it forget is. her. Exactly. It is. Lover. Your SMR matters. <laughs> SMR matters. Thanks, well, thank Annabelle. Thank you so much, Thank Annabelle. you so much. We love you and we love you guys for I listening. I love all of you so much. We'll see you next love week. You. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. What's Bye. Sign? What's your sign, baby? What's your sign?